wants to jump. 1,000 cars. Sir, you have a 1,000 cars. I don't think I'd attempt to try this stunt. Or we, we owe this horsepower to Uncle Sam. <laughs> Too many cars. Car. You know, roses would be... Uh... Like, I put my beer belly on it. Yeah. And you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you have. You'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Stay on the bar. Don't go yeah. off the bar with your Bronco. 1980 Volvo horns, what's right? Like, me, me. Yeah, the man's coolant. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. It's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's har- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. Very inside joke. Welcome to another episode of Auto Off Topic. Hello, Brad. Good evening, Andrew. How's uh, life on the East Coast today? It's pretty great. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I did a track day last week. That was what we were talking about. I, was, I did it the day after we did last week's episode. Correct. At New Hampshire Motorsports Park, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. What do they call it now? NHMS? New Hampshire Motor Speedway? Uh, NHMS. New Hampshire Motorsports. Yeah. New Hampshire Motor Speedway. New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Durr. Yeah. Her durr. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's like, you know, Thompson. It's like Thompson Motorsports Park or Lime Rock Park. Right. or. <laughs> uh, Just sounds fancier than like... Motorsports Park, not Motor Speedway. Yeah, North Speedway sounds so old. It does, yeah. New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Yeah, I can hear um, the MRN announcer right now. Yeah, it's like Same, that. that. Uh, um, uh, shoot, was the movie where they rob uh, the Speedway? Was Lucky Logan, Lucky, Lucky something. <laughs> Logan Lucky, there you go. <laughs> Charlotte Motor Speedway. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised I pulled that one out because I saw that movie, I think, on an airplane just flying between here and Massachusetts once. No, I think I totally made you randomly. watch it again. We're at your house. I think we're hanging out. Oh, well, I don't remember. Maybe. Maybe I've seen it twice. But it is it is an entertaining movie, so. Yeah. But um, I, I was, my brain went, my brain went Lucky Hank, but I was like, no, that's the show with What's his name um, from Breaking Bad? I don't even lawyer. think it's called Lucky Hank. The TV show is. It's called Sneaky Pete, isn't it? Nope. Sneaky Pete's a different show. <laughs> Lucky Hank's a new show. It just came out this year. It's definitely called Lucky Hank. Weird. Sneaky Pete was out like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Weird. Lucky Hank is a show that just came out last year. <laughs> actually, it just it just finished. We actually We just finished watching it because we recorded them all because it was good. Yeah, it's, it's it's a recommended show if you get a chance to watch it. I think it was an AMC show. Oh. So we're already it's off. the lawyer from it's fine. It's the lawyer from uh, Breaking Bad. Whose name I can't remember right now. Oh, Bob Odenkirk. The, yeah, Bob Odenkirk. Thank you. Yeah. Better Call Saul. Yeah. Yeah. Better another Call Saul. amazing show. Yeah. Oh, so, yes. But it's him. But he's also in another a, amazing show. He's got triples of the Nova. This is true. The triples are better. 
Um, anyway, he plays an English professor and he's like head of the department and he's just kind of a, it's, it's a very, Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing it's the a for dark. It. Yeah. It's a very dark comedy. Um, I wouldn't, it's not like a laugh out loud comedy. It's like a dark comedy, like a, it's a serious drama with a little bit of lightheartedness, but it's pretty dark and it pretty focuses pretty heavily on mental health. It's uh, it's pretty good though. You should watch the bear then. Yeah, I've been told. I've been told. I haven't seen that one yet. It's always so much time to watch. So, so many good shows coming out now. New Justified is really good. Uh, yeah, we're watching that as well. So we haven't watched this week's episode yet, so don't say anything. That's well after anyway. we record this podcast. That's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're already beyond. Back to my track day. Well, no, we can tie <laughs> that back into car stuff because sure. the, one of the cool things about Justified was he used to drive that Lincoln around everywhere. He doesn't have that in this new season. I don't like that. He doesn't have a car. He's not in his city. Right. Right. He needs his Lincoln back, though. But they're in Detroit, so there's a lot of, like, some cool American stuff. The bad guy steals old muscle cars all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's a totally normal thing for a guy outside Detroit to have a 70 Chevelle with a deer strapped to the trunk. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Big maybe on that one. Maybe 25 years ago. I like that the or judge has a brand new Cadillac. That's a pretty funny thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very judge like car. And that's right. Anyway, now we're off topic. Track day. <laughs> new Hampshire Motorsports Speedway. New Hampshire. Ah, new Hampshire Motor Speedway. Yeah. How did it go? Uh, it was good. It, another track night. It was cool because it was a Friday night. Well, it wasn't great because it's a summer Friday night. And that is the direction that everybody goes to the lake. So like the traffic was mm-hmm. kind of crummy, even leaving at like noontime. But. Uh, you know what though? It wouldn't have mattered because if you did it on a Sunday, he would have had to drive back in that same traffic. So yeah, that's true. Uh, or you are like a maybe a Saturday afternoon, you kind of get stuck in that traffic too. But because if people are doing week to week rentals, you check out at eleven. So sure. Um, yeah, the problem is there's really no good way to get north other than ninety five, and it's just a parking lot. So well, it's good because I went ninety three. That's what I meant. 93. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, I haven't lived there for four years now. I forget what's what. 93. Excuse me. But I haven't run that track in over a year. And it was funny. The first session, they like did something like the the way the guy was explaining it in the driver's meeting. He's like, oh, we're running the double chicane. So we're not going on the NASCAR curve. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we always run it that way for track nights. I guess other groups will run turns one and two of the NASCAR, uh, the NASCAR one, NASCAR two, I guess you'd call it. Okay. Yep. Uh, for like the faster time attack clubs. Sure. Right? You would get some serious speed running that in some, if you had like a brand new Mustang or something. Yep. Um, and so like they like messed up setting up the cones and then we didn't do like a reconnaissance lab or anything. They just sent us out. And I was like, yeah, this feels a little weird. I was apparently cutting it on the inside of where the turn was. Basically the entire session. Like a p- couple people were behind me. Like I thought they blew the corner because they went by me under braking. But they were just actually taking the correct part of the course. <laughs> see Andrew in the car. All frustrated. Man, everybody's blowing this corner. I nail it every time. I don't understand why yeah, everybody else I'm is like, so bad. And then afterwards, I'm like, the, some guy was like, oh, you're missing that corner. I was like, what? What are you talking about? You were blown by it. He's like, no. I'm like, I don't know. That's 
and the, <laughs> so then I go to the, the people running it. I'm like, what's up with turn one? He's like, oh, we're fixing it. We're putting the cones out. I was like, why don't you like flag me and like tell me what's going on? Like, yeah, they're just like he's out there running his own race. He's no like, worries at all. Well, they're, they're like, no, like literally everybody did it. I was like, all right. It was like our fault. Just, but it was fine. So we just let it go. It's like, okay. All right. And then I was like, well, that's why it felt so weird. Well, I, I'm like, this feels weird. Like, why does this feel different than. I do appreciate that you stuck to doing it the wrong way, even though you saw the other guy doing it the other way. And you're, and like, this it, is weird. It, and didn't like, it still me. felt sort of right because the way you could take it there was a rumble strip on the outside of you and then you still had to make another it was still like a chicane it was weird i okay yeah it was like i guess it's probably hard to explain without having been there and seeing it in person it is hard to explain because there's like a ton of cones set up and it looked like and they have cones set up so you don't go onto the banked i mean new hampshire doesn't have a lot of banking but it is a banked corner they have sure. cones you don't go out onto there. So to me, it looked like that was blocked off. So I, I don't know. It was anyway. <laughs> second, it's longer timed lapse at the end no. of the day, and you weren't in the way of anybody. So no, second and third sessions were fine. I ran them the correct way. They they brought the inside cones all the way out to direct you into the chicane, which was like okay. I don't know. I think the guy that was running it was confused because like maybe he was thinking like we're all road races and that we had run the other way before because apparently uh, like a bunch of spec Miatas and stuff and like Formula V's were showing up to doing like their weekend races and those like those series that are run by the SCCA have never run the double chicane and I think that's where the guy got confused. And explaining it to us, he just assumed, yeah, he assumed everybody ran it that way normally. Yeah, he's like, we haven't run the doubles cane in like ten years, and I'm and I was in the drivers meeting. I'm like, what is this guy? I did it last about? year. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like track night always runs that, but I, I like didn't know enough to like question it. Sure, and then he went out there, and something was something felt different. So you're like, oh, that's supposed to be what he was talking about. Yeah, whatever. And but, everybody else crashed, and you were like, haha, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway it ended up being uh, i keep running intermediate because it's funny like there'll be a ton of people in beginner now and a ton of people in expert no being intermediate there was eight cars well that's i think a lot of that has to do with ego yeah because you get people in there the first time like yeah i'm a beginner and then once they've done it two or three times they're like i'm basically i'm basically jeff gordon i can do whatever i want i'm an expert so they put themselves into expert and nobody's willing to run in the intermediate class. That seems that way in a lot of, a lot of things. It's just that, that whole, you know, human ego is just too much to say like, yeah, I'm average. Like, no, I'm either, Oh, I'm just trying this or I nailed it. I'm the best. Everybody got out of my way. Literally. So I think you're probably doing the right move by staying there. Well, by the third session, there was five cars. We just spread out. I didn't have to like Perfect. I got pointed by like once because I caught a couple of people or twice, but then it, the m- majority of the time completely open track, just doing laps. Nobody around me. You were, you were in the infinity, right? Not that yeah. lot. Perfect. Oh, that's pretty good. You caught some people then. Were they other similar power uh, cars? WRX, Miata. They were truly intermediate, not experts. And you were. Uh, yeah. You did a little more than they have. <laughs> 
I mean, it doesn't matter. No, I mean, so the same instructor did make a point that made really good sense to me about what a track night is or just a casual track day. And okay. I never put this together before. And I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. Uh, so when you go skiing, you get to the mountain. They don't slap a race bib on you and you go do the slalom and try to win right. it, right? <laughs> you go out and you just find your trails and you try to find like not crowded trails and just do your runs. And like, that's the best part of skiing is yeah. when you're, it's not like a busy trail and you can just carve back and forth and just go down the trail. Uh, my my one time skiing did not have any of that in it. So well, Hold on. hopefully you're, if you do a track day, it goes better than your one time skiing. So yes, hopefully, <laughs> but that's the same vibe where it's, you're just like, or maybe if you, like mountain biking, I don't know. You didn't do too well. Mountain biking last time I went mountain biking with you either. <laughs> I did better than you did. I made it to the bottom of the mountain at least. You yard sailed it down the mountain. Well, at one point I did. Yeah. But hey, no, I did because I was trying. So, <laughs> but same idea. Matters. You weren't going to, you weren't going to win the mountain bike race because there wasn't one. Uh, no, 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 that's very true. <laughs> very true. I went faster through that corner than anybody else did, though. Yeah. That's the problem. Anyway, yeah, no, I, I you're, you're 100% right. It's just, it's go out, enjoy the thing you enjoy doing without fear of, law or and hopefully an insurance claim you know it's just a, a or for that, a fear of driving up a cliff doing a mountain road or something yeah i feel like too because uh, this is my first track day after the nurburgring i was remembering stuff that the guy was showing me and i felt like my driving was smoother i was using more of the track like i noticed and you I were able this... to because there were no other cars yes but uh when I was at the Nürburgring, ring, he was basically correcting. I was like overturning the car where he was basically showing me like, you have all of this track Just use all of the tracks. So you don't have to turn the wheel as hard to go around the corner. Yeah. Make this straighten the turn out even further than you already are. Exactly. So that's what I was, I was starting to do. And you're, you're wearing the tires less. It feels like, cause yep. you're not being as aggressive. You're not being overly aggressive that's trying to turn the car actually sure. like better so um i you know i wasn't having the rear come around too much because i was really paying attention to having all of my braking in a straight line and then turning after the weight transfer so i felt like i got my money's worth out of those 10 laps that they're bringing really guess that means you're an expert now not an expert but you know it's like if you golf a lot or something or even skiing, you know, maybe you have go with like an expert or have like, I don't know. People like talk about like getting coaches for stuff, even if they're not like professionals, just having somebody else look at what you're doing is valuable. If you want to get better at it all the time. What's that? We talk about photography all the time. We talk about photography all the time and having somebody else, you know, look at your work and critique your work is the same kind of deal. Like, you're exactly. never going to get better if you take the same picture every time and you think it's perfect. Yeah. So a lot of people haven't uh, had somebody give them valid criticism. Right. And it's right. They take the same picture over and over again and they post the same pictures and sell the same pictures and there's no variety to them. So that's, it's the same kind of thing. Like you get, you get somebody out there who's, you know, Mr. I'm an expert track driver 
And it's only because they've done it 15 times and nobody's told them doing anything wrong. And he's blocking everybody and not getting out of the way and has a weird ladder on every corner. So it certainly can happen in anything. I'm sure golf people that are the same way. You know, everybody, everybody knows one person who's like, oh, I'm the best golfer there ever has been. And then you actually see that person not golfing and they can't hit the ball in a straight line. So. Not that I play golf, but. I, I feel like I, did. I could be really good at pickleball. Like you are a middle-aged white guy, so that does check out. Like I, I'm just sport. looking. At, I'm like, man, I could totally roll some of those retirees. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. They have all day to practice, Andrew. So they do. But I mean, how hard can that be? Really? Like that's that's the type have of overconfidence I'm trying to avoid on the track. Have you ever played? Have you ever played tennis? A little bit. I'm really good at badminton. I, I feel like pickleball is kind of more like badminton. Okay. Because it's like it's a wiffle ball. Like it's slower than the tennis ball. All right. I don't, I don't really know. I, apparently pickleball is a huge trend right now. Oh my God. And I didn't understand it. Yeah. So a lot of the parks here have pickleball courts and you'll drive by at any given time and they're just full of people playing pickleball. Yeah. So didn't even <laughs> know it was a thing. How could you not? It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to the right things, I guess. There's like fights between okay. tennis players and pickleball players. Oh my god! Yeah, because the pickleball players are taking over the tennis courts. <laughs> yeah. That's what we've the seen. Pickleball here. gangs. Yeah, it's good times. <laughs> good times. Anyway, yes, I understand what you're saying. That is the overconfidence that you don't want to have on the track. Yeah. Because if you're overconfident in pickleball, you just get beat by a 75 year old retired lady. If you're overconfident in a racetrack, you get beat by a cement wall. Yeah. So it's a big difference. So I haven't done any track days, uh, but I did take a drive today up into the mountains. Yeah. And I did a uh, little personal track day. So so that was fun. What did you drive? I had the 944. Ah. You were the so intake leak? It, uh, honestly, the intake leak is a problem at idle, but when you're on throttle, it's fine. Okay. So it's a vacuum leak. Um, the part is unfortunately not here. It'll be here tomorrow. So I'm going to change that part tomorrow, but it runs good enough on the throttle to not be an issue. Uh, it only just idles money. So it wasn't a problem. That's the one thing I so, wish I could hear the G20. I wish I could hear it outside the car at the track. I want to hear what the exhaust sounds like. Yeah, especially the helmet on probably makes it tough, huh? No, you can hear it, especially up against the wall. But I want to hear okay. it from like behind the car. Spectator mode. Yeah. Yeah, well, the car sounds really good. So I'm assuming it sounds good. Yeah. But the 944 sounded really good up in the mountains. That's for sure. I mean, that thing at higher RPM sounds pretty good. And I'd like, hopefully I still have it next time you come to visit. Because I'd like to give you another go in the car somewhere other than the city. Because uh, this is the first time I've ever really taken it anywhere like that. Um and really kind of pushed it and it definitely came alive a little more than I thought it was going to. Uh, it was super fun. And just the way the car is set up, you can, you can feel everything working under the car. Like you can, you can feel when the, you know, inside, also the outside rear wheel is tucked up and gripping as it goes around. It, you can just feel it. it. The car handles really well in that, in that scenario, which, I'm not surprised it does. I'm just, it's definitely 
it shows its true colors in that scenario. Uh, it's a little less tossable than, say, a first-gen RX-7 still, but it's very confidence-inspiring, and I was driving very hard and didn't have any qualms at all about doing it. It was it was a very fun mountain mountain car, especially in the section between on 89A between like Yarnell and Brescott, where it's super windy, all switchbacks, some neat kind of off-cambered in-and-out S-turns, and the car was a blast. So I would definitely encourage you to drive the car again next time you're out here in that scenario because I was uh, definitely not underwhelmed, put it that way. It was very fun. So I enjoyed it. It sounds good. It has decent power as long as you're in the right gear in the mountains up there. It's enough. It's fast enough to be fun without being so fast that you'll careen off the cliff. So it was good. I just hadn't done that yet, so don't know why I hadn't. It's only an hour away. It's funny, we were talking about that in the Discord the other day, too, about distance to fun driving roads, and I just hadn't gone up there yet. So yeah. highly enjoyed. I want to do it and everything. It wasn't my first time up there. It was just my first time in a while and my first time in that car. So it's good. Good time. Yeah, so it's not a track day. All right. Yeah, not a track day. Um, yeah, the car did really well. It was, you know, 90 degrees out, super humid, perfectly fine. Good car is good. It is. Um, I did buy uh, some speakers for it, for the back, because they were, like, okay. out in the trunk, and, you know, the the speakers just open to the, the trunk, right? Sure. Um, and I looked in the trunk. I was like, what are those foam pieces? It's the diaphragm of the speaker. <laughs> like Oops. they're so blown out. Yeah. I noticed they were blown out after I put the new head unit in. And they're just now just disintegrated into the trunk. <laughs> so nice little tinny sound back there. Oh, yeah. And I think it's just because the sun the beats down on the package tray and then probably destroyed them. Yeah, the car's a 95, so it's not like it's yeah. new. But what uh, what did you go with for speakers? Did you buy four speakers or just rears? Just the rears for now. Because I was like, uh, I don't think the fronts are blown out. We'll find out. And sure. I was like, I don't want to take the door panels off right now. I'll just do the rears. I don't know. They're just some like $50 speaker that? on Amazon. All right. We'll see how it goes. I mean, they're probably pretty fine. They probably, probably are probably fine. better than what's like, in there. So. They're probably yeah. like, I don't know. It's, they probably have Sony guts. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's Sony guts. <laughs> the the ones that are in there, the factory ones are Clarions. Okay. Yeah, they I were don't know what these are. There. These are like DX something speaker. I don't know. It's a six, six inch speaker, 50 bucks for a pair. Two way. I feel like 50 bucks is the generic price for speakers for since the 90s until now so i don't know they're not think, like uh, they're more they'll take more wattage than what was in there but not more than mm-hmm. what the not like the head unit cannot put out more than what they can take so right probably, probably couldn't add an amp but it's fine with the head unit yeah actually there's a factory amp in there is but, it wired in through the aftermarket radio yes because Okay. Remember, 
we had this whole thing where oh, I bought the radio and it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I do. So like the the thing that powers the amp would also power the antenna. So the in, like the antenna doesn't work anymore because I had to disconnect it. Right. I remember now. Not that you would listen to the radio in the car because it's kind of silly, but. Well, I mean, on your long commute to the racetrack and back, you would. Yes. Um, All the or I could just listen to a podcast through the. Oh, you mean you wouldn't listen to AM FM radio? Yeah. Okay. I, when you said radio, I thought like you wouldn't use the radio at all because the car sounds good. Gotcha. All right. You wouldn't use the radio. The head unit. Radio, radio. Yes. Not a radio. You would listen to the head unit, a, but you wouldn't listen to the radio. A generic term, radio. Yeah. The radio well, that comes through my radio phone. Station, yeah. Every radio station in the Boston market now is country anyway, isn't it? So. No. No, there's still a couple rock stations. Super generic ones. But. Uh, I don't know. I just plug my phone in every car, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time I listened to the radio radio, like an AM FM broadcast. Maybe when I was working at the Ford dealer, getting in a car, the radio was turned on. But the last time I ever did. Yeah. Not any of my cars, that's for sure. Most of my cars don't even have antennas hooked up. So if they even have radios. So. It's 2023. You don't need radio anymore. Nope. Find your own entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any project car updates, Andrew. All I did was I I plugged the, I plugged a flat. That's about as deep as I've gone. Oh. Um, I had a a sheet metal screw was in the tire, the right rear tire of the 944. And I ignored it for way too long because it's been so hot out. But it was leaking like five to 10 pounds a week. Yeah, so I was like, eh, whatever. And I was just putting five to 10 pounds in every Sunday. And then all of a sudden it was like five to 10 pounds on the daily. I was like, uh, I should probably look into this. So it was a, a, like a sheet metal screw that was in the tire and it had been in there long enough that it was worn down to almost nothing. And as it wore down, it was no longer as well sealed as it was. So that's why it was losing more air. So it was in the middle of the tire. So I was able to plug it at least. Uh, I did realized that my generic three eighth drive extension uh, apparently has a less than 90 foot pound shear shear force breaking point um because i definitely broke that torquing the wheel back on so. weird yeah quite weird um i don't know what it should, it should have been I mean, 90 foot pounds isn't like a super aggressive amount. So it shouldn't have broken, but it did. And uh, it, it hurt quite a lot because I already have a injury to my left arm. So when I was torquing the wheel back on and it snapped and everything went flying forward and I basically punched my arm into the into the wheel, it was not a good time. But tire sealed now, that's all that matters. Yeah. So when you so, look for do before when it was going flat. What happened? It broke up there for a second, Andrew. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wouldn't Why wouldn't you look for a nail before when it was going flat? Because it was 200 degrees out. Oh, but you said it was going flat like every couple of weeks. 
Yeah, it's been like three, like probably a month since it started doing that. So for the first like two weeks, it lost like 10 pounds a week. Yeah. And I just put 10 pounds in on Sunday. For a nail in it then. I looked, I didn't see anything. So I didn't, I didn't want to crawl around the ground. It was so hot out and I was just, I was being lazy, Andrew. That's all there is to it. It was, uh, it's instead of taking the 30 minutes to take it off, plug it and put it back on again. I wasted 10 minutes every few days putting hair in a tire. So I was, I was being lazy. That's a fully admitted self own problem right there. Like I was, I was putting it off because I didn't want to deal with it. So when I got to the point where it was leaking too much, I decided now it's time to deal with it, even though it was still too hot and I dealt with it. And then I saw what it was and I was regretful for not having done it three weeks prior and just getting it taken care of. So whatever it is, what it is. Oh, that's what happened. My new tire plug kit. Yeah. What's that? Uh, the Montero wouldn't start Saturday morning. Oh, that's right too. Yeah. The it does um, start now. It does start now, which is weird. Um, I was like, Oh, I got to go to home Depot, uh, or Lowe's, whatever it was and get some fence pickets. And I don't want to put them in any other car cause they're like dusty and they're six feet long. They're like full of sawdust. So I'll take yep. the truck. Um, and I get in it. Wouldn't start to click nothing been doing this like intermittently for like a few months like very rarely you kind of like shake the shifter and it would do it start and i was like that's eh, kind of weird i already put an ignition switch in it when it was doing it before i tightened up the shifter make sure it was in park like i had checked like the prindle adjustment the, the neutral safety switch adjustment like when i first got the truck because it was doing it a lot as a new start uh, as a remand start in it from like 18 or 19. So I was like, that's kind of weird. But then it, it just wouldn't do it. And I was like, whatever. It's too hot. I'm not dealing with this right now. I'll look at it later. And I've taken the wagon. I measured first that I could fit. Which, six spoiler foot. alert, it <laughs> fit it. the boards in it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now there's a bunch of, even though I like knocked them off in the parking lot, there's still a bunch of sawdust in there, which is annoying. I have to clean up. But anyways... Sunday was a lot cooler, so I go out before the NASCAR race, and I was like, all right, let me check this thing out. Uh, wouldn't start. I'm like, all right, cool. Double check the battery. 12 and a half volts. All right. Looking at the starter. I can see, like, the wires are still on it. I don't know. I'm like, I don't really care that much because the truck, it literally, it died where I parked it. Like, I happened to back it into. I don't normally back it in. Like that's the other thing. So Friday, I, I had taken it, uh, in the morning, and gotten a sticker for it, which was cool. Okay, which it passed. It passed. I was like perfect, and that I did like a bunch of start stops like around town, like did all my stuff, uh, and then, you know, Saturday morning wouldn't start. So I'm like, that's weird. Uh, I'm like, well, you know what? Let me try hitting the starter like that. Everybody says that's never worked for me ever. So I go into there, I tap the starter a couple times, get in the truck, starts up. Okay. <laughs> so I don't First know. First time for everything. 
Um, my dad and I have to look at it because it seems to think maybe the, the, the solenoid sticking or something or I don't know. We'll double check. I mean, if you things. hit it and it started, if you hit it and it started, that's more than likely what's happening. Yeah. And maybe it's because the, the truck sits. I don't know. So like the starter doesn't get used truck enough. Sits. The truck sits. It's humid there. It's not sitting over like it's not on grass, but it's also not on pavement. It's on like the rocks. So it drains I mean, there just is as much down there. <laughs> yeah. But there, there is there is still some dampness down there in general. Yeah, but and it's like it probably just I don't know. It's not low. There's like eight inches. No, but I mean, it still stays. It, well, it still stays fairly damp under the car for longer than anywhere else, and the car sits a lot. So it could be, could be sticking. I wouldn't be surprised. You don't drive it every week either. It's only gets driven a couple couple times a month, probably. I'd say, and yeah. not at all in the winter. So it sits a lot. So I, I can see that being part of it. One more thing to worry about. Yeah. So but at least, you know, it's parts. So it's not yeah. anything too bad. It's not in a spot like something. that was annoying. Like that I had to deal with it, like to like move it right away. So no, it died in your driveway out of the way. It's like, it's not like it died at, you know, the inspection station or anywhere you had to tow it home or tow it somewhere. So that's a good thing. That's a convenient, a convenient breakdown there ever is one yeah and then jumping around a little bit too i um i think i talked about looking for track wheels with the g20 and the galant because they're the same pattern yep. and the same size and i was having trouble finding four by 114 wheels and a front wheel drive offset that would be good like track wheels and like you found some i've always wanted like t37s sure um, but they're like super expensive. They're probably like, if you, I don't even know if you can get 15s right now, if they're even available. Like it's hard to even find like a U.S. dealer. Like I think I'd have to buy them from Japan. Maybe one of the like the Japan sites. I don't know, like maybe right hand drive JDM or something. And from what I can tell, they're like, you know, four to five hundred dollars a wheel, which is really expensive. Yeah, I think that's I think that's about right. Which feels too expensive for a track wheel like they feel like they're yeah, nice they're wheels cool. like i mean they're they're good enough to be track wheels right they're like nice wheels but like i don't know it just feels like those are like show wheels like, well they're yeah. definitely a i don't know i don't know what exactly i'd call them but they're definitely a very fancy wheel because of the price yeah but they're so like cool. they are like a true motorsport wheel Yep. But they're just like very expensive. Like they're like too nice to use. I don't know. Uh, Evasive Motorsports sells them in 15 inches. They are $623 each. Okay. Yeah. So really expensive. Um, Plus the SL, which is, I don't know what the difference is. Super Lap. Super Light, maybe? Uh, there's like Super Lap. There's a bunch of different. There's the SL, the SL's Black Edition, the SB Tourer. SBs for truck, it looks like. Ultra Track, Ultra M Spec, Sonic, Sonic SL. So there's a bunch of different TE37s wheels. I just don't know what the difference is in all of them. Someday I'll own a set because they look cool. I've always wanted a set, but that someday is not. No, they're very cool wheels. Yeah. So I ended up uh, going through Team Illuminata, who's the US Raid dealer. 
and I bought a okay. set of 15 by 7. Uh, they're full race max lights. So those are like the eight or nine spoke ones? Yeah, they're like uh, maybe the 10 spoke. They, okay. They have a lot of spokes. They're, they're like the rally wheel, but not as chunky. The spokes are a little thinner. Um, because a 15 inch wheel weighs like 14 pounds. Oh, it's not bad. No. And they have like the way they're designed, they're designed to clear like big calipers. So if I ended up, so like if I moved them to a car that had bigger calipers or something or had like put dual piston on or something in one of these cars, they would still fit. Um, but yeah, unfortunately they only come in white. I kind of wanted silver, but. Silver's like the so like they'll come in braids. Certain braids will come like I guess the rally series of wheels I was being I was told will come in like like silver gray white. But like the track wheels will just come in white. And then their other thing is paint to match. Like you can just have them paint them any color you want. Sure. Like a buying a brand new Porsche beta sample. Yeah. But it's like a hundred dollars a wheel. And I was like, well, well it's Warner box for a set of four, which isn't. Yeah, but the end of the world. But at that point, you're getting closer to the price of a set of T37s. Yeah. And I was like, well, Paul who runs Team Illuminati. Team Illuminati. I was like, I'm not paying an extra hundred dollars a wheel just for silver. Like, that's silly. Right. And I don't want yeah. some like ridiculous color because it won't like if I'm going to pick a specific color, it's going to like go with the car and only that car. I don't know. And you put it on two different cars. Yeah. I was like, I'll just do white. <laughs> Yeah, probably best move. So they're just basic white. White will look good on both cars as well. So. It will. It wouldn't look as good as like an anthracite or something on both cars, but. So a standard set of TE37s, which is what I've now found, in what do you say, 15 by 7? Yeah. 15 by 7 offset 34 is under $600 a wheel, so 590 a wheel. All right. Well, so. I'm still significantly under that. Yes, <laughs> because I was able to get I was able to get six wheels for the price of four T37s. OK, so that's good. That was the win race. What number? What kind of win race was it you said? Uh, I believe they're called the Mac. I'll keep on them calling them track lights, but I think they're max lights. Yeah, track light is a Koenig wheel or something. Yeah. So that's win race S. That might be called full race. Full race max light. If you look them up, right. there's pictures of them on uh, uh, like Civic Type R's. They look really good. Uh, and they run it's them on the like Win Race TA and it's the Full Race C. There's one and that's a C. Max, full Race Max Light. Yeah. The C is for lightweight so cars and the Max Light is for slightly heavier cars. Okay. Because I was worried, yeah, wheel. yeah, I was worried that the Max Light or the the one that's for the lightweight cars would not be strong enough for the both cars because they're not super light cars. Thirty three hundred pound galant. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, these these are these are cool wheels. I like those a lot. Yeah, those would be cool. And then I got six of them because, like, I mean, they drip, basically when you order stuff from Braid, they're like blanks. They drill them for mm-hmm. you, and I think they mill the. Um, center bore. They'll do the center bore and then the 
backspacing. I think maybe they chop them or something. I don't know how they okay. come up with it. They also start with a because, private couple. They, well, they, they used to have a couple different styles because if you look at some of the different offsets, they have a deeper dish yeah. on some of them. Yeah, in the center. But because it just says in the things when you're trying to request them, it's like zero to like plus fifty five, or like negative zero or something. It's like it's like negative fifty five to plus fifty five or something. I'm like, well, how is that possible? So they yeah. must just have yeah. a bunch of different blanks that they can use. Yeah, they probably have two or three different basic styles, and then they can make them exactly what you want from there. Is what I would guess. But I like so, braids because they're smart. they're super strong. They'll put steel inserts in the lug holes so you don't pull through them. Right. Um, I've always liked them. I love that. I love their classic series wheels, but the classic series wheels are expensive. Eight hundred bucks a piece. But they're cool. So I've never bought they're so cool. They're super cool. At some point, I will have gone through a car enough, like, and done enough restoration and made it to the point where I'm willing to spend, you know, thirty two hundred dollars for a set of wheels for it. But that time is not has it's not happened yet. I figured these <laughs> wheels. You know, they're wheels. They can go on other stuff. So it's like, I'll just keep sure. them. Yep. If and 4x1, 14.3 is a common enough bolt pattern for things that you're going to own. So it fit you already though. have them for two cars. Yeah. And they're you already have them for two cars. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. I got just a 73 hub bore, very generic hub bore. So it'll fit a bunch of cars. I'll just use adapters. Yep. Um, like but, a centering ring. Yeah. Centering ring. So what I'll do and this is the nice thing having a set like this, I can then bring the set to the tire shop and have them mount tires. I don't have to bring a whole car, which makes it more well, convenient. Yeah, you never really have to. Well, yeah, but I'd have to have a car sitting on like a jack stands or I'd have to switch the wheels to the other like stock wheels or something. So it's, it's easier just to have the set. I mean, I guess I'd have to switch them anyways, but, you get what I'm saying. Like, I don't have to drop a car yep. off. I can just drop the wheels off out of the back of the Montero. Sure. Yeah, that's what I did on the the Corolla tires. When I put the when I put the um, the gold wheels in the Corolla, I just brought them to the tire store. I was like, "Hey, mount these, please." Yeah. So they look at they look at you kind of funny, but whatever. It's not that weird. It's it's, don't make this weird. <laughs> right. It is weird for them because they're just used to normal people who come in for new tires in their car. Yeah. So. Not, I was like, hey, here's four wheels. Do you have tires in this size? I'll take them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's I because I really like the eight spokes I have on the G20. And I don't want to yep. like beat them up doing track days with them. Sure. And, and they're also old. They're a little bit old. Yeah. And they're probably I bet they're like 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, and they could use a refinish. So it'd be nice to be able to take them off and have them refinished because they're not sure. like. They're not damaged, but like the paint on them is like cheap from the original paint and it just has like chips around the edges from like mounting. It's weird. So just yeah, they haven't have... been What's super cared for, it looks like. Well, they weren't like super beat up, but maybe the finish wasn't the best from the factory, you know? Right. So, so like it'd be nice to like have them like powder coated in the same dark gray. And just so they look nicer. Yeah, and, the, and then I can put like regular, you know, the the Yoko Flovas or whatever. Our uh, Flavia, Flav, 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 Flavia's, our, our, our generic go-to small car tire all-rounder. Well, yeah, it used to be the S-Drive. Yeah. 
whatever the replacement for the S drive is. Yeah. But I, the set I had on there, I destroyed doing track days, which they worked pretty well actually. And and the S drives that are on the Galant worked pretty well on the track day, but you know, a dedicated 200 tread wear tire would be a lot better. So. Yeah. What's the Yokohama's got a new 200 tread wear tire too. Yeah. I'd like to try them out. That's the other thing. Uh, instead of putting on, uh, Falcons next time, I'll maybe I'll try out the Yokos. Yeah. It's a, it's a Nuova, an Advan Nuova, but I forget what the number is now. AV something maybe. I was actually just watching, um, AD09. Or AD, yeah, AD09 is the track tire. So they're probably pretty similar. They're 170 bucks a piece. Is that similar to the Falcon? Mm, what's that? What's that put you at for a set of four? Falcons uh, are for a set of four is around 400, 450. Okay. Well, it's also the Advan AD08R. Maybe those are the, the equivalent to the Falcon because those are 100 bucks a piece. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try the Yokos this time around because I've always run the Falcons. I know what I'm getting. That's kind of why I like, keep sticking with them. It's like a really consistent tire. I mean, I'm, it's like, you know, here's the thing: when you again you do a casual track day, it takes the stress out of like you're not competing for a time. You don't have to worry about like min maxing everything and like getting the fastest 200 tread wear tire. You just want to stick. No, you tire. want something that feels good and doesn't get ruined on the first time out there. Yeah, and I and I felt like because I smoothed out my driving style a little bit, like I wasn't overworking the Azenuses. Like I felt like they've had a harder fall off before, but these I don't know this last time out that felt really good. And who knows? It could be because uh nascar was just at nhms and there's a lot of rubber on the main bar of the track i don't know yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah what what size are you on 205s 205 50s 205 50 15 yep yeah so the yokos are about yeah so it costs you a couple bucks more than getting the flevas to get the the Advan Nuovas. So I think it's worth a try. I try and I was actually just watching. So uh, the magazine Super Street just came back with a TV show. Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't watched it, but I saw the promo. Yeah, it's the editor from the old magazine. Um, John Nedzier goes by Nads. Uh, and some time attack driver who I'm unfamiliar with, but apparently is a like a record holding time attack driver. And it's actually not terrible. But one of the they have only done like two episodes so far. And the, the second episode they built a, like an FRS for doing a track day with, and they use the U the new Yokohama Advan Nuovas and they like they like them a lot. So that was a uh, good praise. It ran like a two minute lap at streets of Willow Springs, which I guess is fast. So hmm. on a 200 driver tire. So definitely, uh, they said it was good. It looked cool in that car. So, yeah, I know that that, that show cool. is part of the Mototrend app. I don't know if it's going to be on the Mototrend cable channel or not. I'm sure it is, but it's not. Uh, it's not terrible. It was a good watch. So, yep. And they're doing basically they're they're talking about doing like paying homage to the tuner culture of the past. So they're not trying to like do all crazy new stuff. They're like they're building a 
a civic into a civic type R clone and they're doing like FRS stuff. They're trying to keep things. It seems a little bit more budget friendly um, and kind of like real world stuff and nothing too flashy. Just kind of fun. They, they did a first generic seven in the first episode and just, it was, it's fun to watch. It's good. It's good to watch. Oh, right. come into their own. Neither of them are TV people, but it's sometimes you need that. All right. I'll check it out. No, I saw it advertised on the motor trend channel. So, yeah, I didn't feel like I wasted my 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it was. So, All right. So speaking of new things sure. that are coming out. Yep. Do you see the 2024 Land Cruiser? I've seen pictures. I actually haven't had too much of a chance to dig into it. I'm a little confused by it. Oh, yeah? Well, it's a full frame, right? That's one thing I asked you last night. It is the Toyota Prado. That's okay. what it's based on. It is not the 300 series. That replaced the sure, 300 series. The 300 overseas. series is still existing overseas. Yes. So, but we have a forerunner here as well, correct? Yep. And this is not replacing the forerunner. Nope. It seems to be the same price structure for a very similar vehicle. Um, I also noticed that it's a four cylinder hybrid. So, yes, it just, I, I don't know where it sits in the realm of existence. It, it seems like it's almost kind of a gimmicky thing like an FJ. Not that the FJ is not a good vehicle. I'm just saying it's kind of, it doesn't need to exist because they already have the 4Runner. And this is kind of just like an extra thing. I don't, I don't know. It's more usable than sure. 4Runner. Is it US? Or, an, uh, or a, um, not the 4Runner. FJ? FJ. Why? Because it has four doors. So does an FJ. It doesn't have four doors. Yeah, it's got sideways back doors. Yeah, those are not four doors. It's like an no, extra... but you can still get in and out of the back seat. Yeah, but it's not like a four-door vehicle. Right. So I, 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 when I first saw it, my first thought was, oh, it's a Bronco Sport competitor. No, this is but a Bronco out, competitor. I was wrong. Yeah, it's a Bronco competitor. But... I thought the forerunner was that already, which is why I'm confused. No, I don't and then it's... I also there's two different noses. There's a square headlight nose and a round headlight nose. Are they both coming to the states? Yes. Okay. So the round headlight is available on the 1958 edition, which is the base. Okay. Sure. Uh, and then it's not available on the mid lit range. That gets rectangular headlights. Uh, okay. And then the fully loaded top level one goes back to round headlights. That's weird. It's weird that you wouldn't just keep it with one fascia. Yeah, because it looks way better. It does. If they're going for a retro look, clearly. And the round headlights have that retro style, and the square ones do not. So here, this is from carndriver.com. Uh, 1958 comes with round LED headlights, LED fog lamps, uh, 18-inch wheels, 245-70s. So those are fairly tall tire, but I feel like it should be like 17s or 16s with a fatter tire. Well, it's a base model, and like the base model Bronco comes with weird tiny tires on it too. So, Well, those aren't that tiny because they're 18s and a 245-70. That's a pretty big tire. But it'll be very street-based, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Um, the next level Land Cruiser sports a different face with rectangular LED headlights and rigid LED fog lamps that can switch between white and amber light. That seems gimmicky as well, but then, I kind of like it. And then the first edition, which is the top level, uh, goes back to round headlights. Hmm. That's interesting that they would do that because you would think that the round headlights would be an upgrade. So the mid-level, they wouldn't come with a base one, but the mid-level one would have them. Yeah, right? Yeah, oh, strange. I mean, I I prefer the base model 1958 or the loaded one, I guess. I assume it's called a 1958 because that's the year the first Land Cruiser came out. That's right. No, no answer, just a guess. <laughs> I said that's right. I mean, because obviously they have the... Okay, they have the the Tundra seventeen, you know, or sixteen fifty two edition for the year the first Tundra, obviously. So yeah, that fits their corporate ethos. Um, um but but it's a yeah, it's a two like four cylinder hybrid, but it's three hundred twenty six horsepower and four hundred sixty five foot pounds of torque. Well, I mean, it's going to be better than a Forerunner then because a Forerunner is a standard old basic V6, right? That makes no power and gets terrible fuel mileage. So, yeah. I have to assume the Forerunner is going to go away. It doesn't seem like there needs to be both. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. The Forerunner feels like a real soccer mom mobile lately. I don't know. I don't know. Everyone I see is covered in racks with. Uh, that's true. Uh, I don't know. Traction boards and. American flag stickers in the quarter glass. So I assume that they're all owned by Overland Bros. I don't know. The base model is cool. I dig it. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I like it. So the what's interesting is it is it's a couple inches longer than a Forerunner, but it says shorter than a Ford Maverick. So if you've seen a Maverick, it gives you a little bit of scale. How big this thing is. Yeah. So, so it's not very big, but the Forerunner feels way bigger than that. Forerunner feels like it's longer than a Maverick. That's interesting. Yeah, I guess I never seen one next to each other. So, no, I, I definitely haven't either. I just the Forerunner seems like such a much bigger vehicle, maybe because the ground clearance is so much higher in a, mm. a Forerunner than a Maverick. But if this thing's actually like Maverick sized, yeah, that'd be a kind of a neat. That's it's a good size for a vehicle. It's not super big, yep. and with a four cylinder hybrid, hopefully it'll get decent fuel mileage maybe and it's still a full frame truck with a solid rear axle so that's cool so. yeah and it's you know i it doesn't come with a manual which is a bummer i mean that's what you get with no. the bronco you get a manual v8 which is cool but you also get atrocious uh, no fuel mileage um, uh, no v8 let's see it you said you said v8 there's no v8 it's a six cylinder or four cylinder in the bronco mm-hmm uh, I thought that was a V8. It is not. Really? 100%. It's an EcoBoost V6. Huh. Because one was a V8. Yeah. Or a four cylinder. Nope. I thought it got a five liter. It does not. In fact, I don't even think the Bronco Raptor does. I think that's also a turbo V6. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Bronco Raptor, three liter EcoBoost. Huh. So there is no V8 I really, Bronco. I really thought it was a V8 this whole time. Nope, you can get a V8 Wrangler. You get the Wrangler 392, but they don't do a uh, a Bronco with a V8. And the base the base model Bronco 
is a four cylinder turbo, just like this thing is, but no hybrid. Well, the you can get a four cylinder turbo Wrangler too. Probably. I well, don't know. I don't know enough about Wranglers. Well, that's what we went for a ride into Moab. That was a four cylinder turbo okay. car. Wrangler. So. Yeah, um, man. I, it's funny. Every time we talk about new cars, it's quickly apparent to me how little I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to start reading car and driver or something. Like I don't, I don't know anything about new cars anymore at all. Um, I had no idea what engine came in a new Wrangler. But like, I assume they were all V6s. No, the way they think they had the thing geared and the turbo, it was like, you could have told me I had a V8. It didn't matter. Yeah. It, was all, it was all in the gearing. Oh. Which has been it. a truck thing forever. Yeah. So. I mean, I just, guy, I had no idea. The transmission in first and the thing would just on, just crawl up the side of the wall at Moab. It was like, <laughs> didn't matter. Yeah, gearing is everything when it comes to that kind of stuff. Huh. I'm now I'm well now I'm super interested in learning a little bit more about these Jeeps just out of curiosity. I just don't I have no idea. I assume they were all V six or three ninety two. I didn't think there was still a four cylinder base. So So like to go back to the V eight or the uh sorry, the engine in the Land Cruiser, the two hundred series V eight made three hundred and eighty one horsepower. And now this new Turbo 4 makes 326. So, All right. A base model Wrangler is a V6. Less, the V8 made less torque than the, the four-cylinder does. Yeah. Just FYI. Base model Wrangler Sport, 3, 3.6 liter V6. No four-cylinder available. Right. I don't know. Maybe the one you wrote in was from a different. We did a lot of editing, editing on this episode, but because this internet is taking me off right now. Yeah. Finally, did you lose what I said? No. No, because it's like keeps cutting in and out. I don't know what's happening here. Oh, okay. That's why we keep talking over each other. Super annoying. All right, anyway, on Mopar's website right now, there is no Turbo 4 option. So, okay. unless I'm unless I'm screwing it up, I, I, I'd have to do some more digging. We'd have to do some corrections next week and do a little more digging and find well, out. Well, it was Speaking a 20, of corrections. 20 model that we wrote in, so. Okay. Might not be available anymore, I don't know. Speaking of corrections, let me get this in there real quick. Last week we were talking about the car, the Bitter, the Bitter SC. Um, and I said that it was from Sweden. It's actually German. So it's from a place called Schwelm, Germany. So I just needed to correct that real fast. But anyway, now that we're corrected, we can move on. So Toyota, Forerunner, not Forerunner, Land Cruiser. Land Cruiser was always bigger than the 4Runner. Now the Land Cruiser is going to be smaller than the 4Runner. has a smaller engine than the 4Runner. But it's still called the Land Cruiser. Wait on the full-size Land, But it's not the full-size Land Cruiser that's available in the rest of the world. So it's an American market Land Cruiser. So Lexus is getting the same chassis, but those are getting twin-turbo V6s. Okay. And more money. Mm-hmm. 
How much is this thing supposed to cost before crazy dealer markup? Base is at 50. Okay. Which is actually pretty good because right now a Land Cruiser started at like 90,000. Oof, it's a lot of money. Yeah. But again, it was a much bigger vehicle than this with a V8. So you can get a base model Bronco for 35. So you can still get that much cheaper. Okay. But still. It's neat. I, I like the fact that there are new square boxy SUVs coming out. Yeah. You know, Just, it, uh, we're not we're not SUV people, but if we're gonna be SUV people, we might as well be an actual SUV SUVs that can actually do off-road things. So yeah, now if uh, only Mitsubishi would come out with some new stuff. In this country, because they have everywhere else. They just don't give it to us. Yeah, I don't understand. They, uh, everybody else is selling body on frame stuff. Just make a new Montero. Yep. yep. Make a new is what it is. Mighty Max. Well, let's hope Toyota is better at body on frame now and these things don't just rust away in five years. So, Yeah, that's true too. I assume they are. It's funny. I, I said earlier, I thought it was like a Bronco Sport. I think it's because the release pictures they first showed of it are in that like baby blue color that looks very similar to the Ford Area 51 blue. Yeah. And I just, and with the pictures not showing anything else around it for scale. Exactly. I just assumed, I assumed it was small like the smaller Bronco, the uh, Bronco Sport. Yeah. And I thought we were getting another re- crossover legacy name yeah i figured it was like the yeah the corolla cross with a square body on it that's what i assumed it was getting but no it seems cool i'm into it will i buy it nope you'll buy it 20 years from now yes this is true Uh, out of some guy's field in northern new mexico and then won't be able to make it run for a year. <laughs> well, uh, cut deep, Andrew. The cut deep. <laughs> anyway, oh, new car stuff. We have more new car to talk about from this week was announced as well. Yeah, the Nismo version of the Z. Yes, I like the way it looks. It's all right. I don't like the red stripe around the bottom. The red stripe is. Uh, remember the Forester Sport from like That's five years ago? Exactly. <laughs> all I thought about was the Subaru Forester with the weird red stripe. I don't like that. They say that the front bumper is extended out to like replicate the old. Um, yeah, it, it looks like it. I like it. The Zenos 400. Yeah. Z, sorry, the Zenos 240. Um, it's all right. I like it. It looks good. I, I, I don't think it does enough over the traditional z to warrant purchasing it especially when you can no longer get a manual transmission with it you can get the three liter twin turbo v6 with a manual in the regular one but in the nismo the you know extra fast one you can't get the manual and it's not that much different as far as mechanical changes it's only 20 horsepower more which with a twin turbo, you would think would be, you know, tuners are going to be putting another 100 to 200 horsepower out of these things without even thinking about it just by turning the boost up, right? 
So yeah, it's got some more chassis bracing, some different wheels. Yeah, I mean, it's got all the Nismo stuff, the the wheels, the spoilers, the lip kit, the um, color options. I guess the difference is the different wastegate, and it comes with an oil cooler or a bigger oil cooler. So it won't overheat on track. But again, all things that for the price difference, you know, because you can you can buy a brand new Z for 42 grand or so. And this will probably be closer to 60. You don't you don't do a lot of shifting on track. Right. Um, So like I get that point. But the problem is you want to use this car elsewhere. Yeah, so, I'm not trailering so, it to the track. I want to have my manual to drive so around. It's more fun, yeah, to use a manual. And that's the same yeah. problem they've run into with the C8 Corvettes. Like, they're pretty cool. Sure. Uh, and people use them on the track, but it's like, I don't know, just just give it a manual. Like like I said, not everybody needs yeah. to, not every lap needs to be the lap record. And it never, it never is. Once that, once that record is set by the manufacturer, nobody who's buying the car is going out there and setting lap records. And if they are, nobody cares. So it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So I, I just, we can lament this all day long, the death of the manual transmission, I guess, but it is what it is. And at least the regular Z. Well, it's the same thing where what Porsche does it, they put the PDKs in because it makes the cars on paper very, very fast. And I'm yep. sure having this transmission makes this car zero to 60 time like really, really fast. And it's quarter mile time. Well, really even fast. on the even on the standard Z, the non Nismo, the automatic transmission car is much faster than the manual transmission car. From yeah. Zero to 60. Yeah. And it's, you got to have that. You got to have that paper specs because the Internet yep. goes crazy. Some people that. will buy that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll throw it in your face, even though like, oh, my, my automatic one is more faster. And you're like, I, well, I don't care. Like I literally yeah. do what's not that, care. What's that? Uh, the backlot Corvette meme guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, my dad's Ultima is faster than that. And he's like, I literally don't care. It does burn out and leaves. Yeah. So no, it's the same. It's the same thing, but at least you can still buy, like I said, a regular base model Z, which is a reasonably priced sports car in 2023. Um, I did just look before we recorded and there are some available at local dealers. So they are out there. What we're talking about. Um, I haven't seen any around. I've seen one. Yeah, well, they've only sold like 400 of them in the states so far, which is crazy. And supposedly, well, supposedly it's because there's been a production issue, um, which they're still saying the semiconductor chip shortage is to blame. But I've seen a couple articles and heard a couple people talking about the paint process being an issue, and they're having a they changed the paint process to some process the paint process to some new, you know, environmentally friendly paint process for, you know, zero impact on the environment. And they're having a problem with it, supposedly. That's These are rumors I've heard and seen a couple articles about. Um, whatever the true story is, I think it's kind of tempered the enthusiasm for the car that not being available because you can literally walk into a dealer and buy one with no markup. So... Like I just was looking. Yeah, I was looking at, on cars.com for some for sale. And my local Nissan dealer has a 2023 in that like deep burgundy color, which is the best color um, with a manual for 42 grand out the door. So I, that's 
I, I, I can't think of a better buy in the new car market right now than that. Other than the fact that you're buying a Nissan. But it is what it is. Yeah, so I, mean, I don't, I don't know, if... know what else you would. You can't buy a Camaro. They're all gone, I think. Uh, you can still get a Camaro. Okay, they're not gone yet. This is, this is the last. This is the last year of Camaro. You can still order a new Camaro. Okay. Um, yeah, twenty four. I think is the last year, and you can get a fairly cheap four cylinder turbo Camaro. Um, you can still get a four cylinder turbo Mustang, probably in the same kind of price range as this, maybe even a little less. But this is a V6 twin turbo. Yeah. And you buy a base model Mustang, people are always going to say, oh, you should have bought a V8. If you spend right. the same money here on the Nissan Z, you don't have that same stigma because you have the <laughs> twin turbo V6. There is no higher engine option other than the Nismo, which loses you your manual transmission. So I don't know. Not that I care what other people really think if I buy a new car. If I bought a EcoBoost Mustang, I'd be totally satisfied with it. But... I think I'd rather have this because it's not a Mustang. Uh, I don't know what I'd buy because I'd, I'd be cross shopping like, uh, like a GR86 against one of these and a Mustang and Camaro. It's kind of a hard choice. Like, what do I want? Do I want a little bit lighter, more nimble, less power? Or do I want you like buy a, a 71 Volvo and a 2000? You'd buy a 71 Volvo and a 94 Evo and spend the same money and be all done. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Sometimes that's just the, that's the auto off topic way. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I, I think that given given the options, um, I would go GR86 because it's cheaper. Um, but I get, knocking that one out of there and sticking in this $40,000 price range, I would buy this before the Mustang or Camaro. Hmm. So... It's different. There's less of them out there. It's, I think it's more unique looking. Maybe it won't be. Maybe once production ramps up and there, these things are everywhere, like 350 and 370Zs. But right now, I I like this car the most out of those. So, and I think if I bought the Mustang Camaro, yeah. I'd want the V8, and then it's 15 grand more. Yeah, I mean. It's fun to carry momentum on a track. It's also fun to accelerate really fast. So, okay. Well, that's, this isn't a momentum car either. It's not like it's a Miata level of horsepower. It's still, yeah. I mean, what's the car? It's going to be 400 horsepower still almost. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So it's yeah, like, that, yeah, it's like, big, I think it's more horsepower. power. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more power than the Camaro or the Mustang. So, I don't know. I think it's cool. I'm into it. And it's twin turbo, so you can just boost the crap out of it, make a ton of power, I'm sure, and just have a dumb, fast car. So, I like it. All right, cool. Into it. Anything else? I really don't. I have, uh, I've been slacking on some project car stuff and. Like I said, I have the parts coming tomorrow for the 944 intake manifold. Uh, parts are still trickling in for the Corolla suspension. I have all of the rear stuff. The steering components are here. I'm still just waiting on the rebuilt front struts. And that's it. So 
and I have parts actually to work on the 81 Cressida. I just need to get back there and do it. So hopefully I'll have some updates for you coming soon, but I just need to get the rest of the parts in and start working on things. Cool. Well, as always, we have to do roll call. As always, give the social medias. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I almost skipped out there. So, um, yeah. Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook. Auto Off Topic on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, Raced in Anger. And Brad, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at TSISS350 on scale autocast posting uh, scale car stuff uh, please make sure to follow our friend bradley at stripe design he's got all his new socks in trying to push those a little bit got a uh, few new designs in so check those out as well it's uh, stripe with two eyes design unofficial sponsor our no money sponsor not sponsored sponsored by now andrew all right, cool. Tagline away. As always, keep your cars analog and name the roses.